Hey, this is the Punk Rock Powerhouse, Brawl and Bo Cooper, and you're listening to Drinking at Big Mo's. Tune in or tune out. Ah. All right, everybody, Big Mo here. Wanted to take a little break to welcome the sponsor, Reaper Apparel. They want to encourage everybody to break the mold, live your best life, live your best self, just break out of that comfort zone, use code DRINKIN when you go place your order to get 10% off, some great quality stuff, great quality people, glad to be a part of the team, let's fucking go. All right, everybody, welcome to Dream the Mo's host, Big Mo here. Be sure YouTube, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, because it helps out with that pain in the ass YouTube algorithm. Don't cancel me, YouTube. But we're also Apple, Google, pretty much anywhere you can find your podcast. Today I have with me Brawlin Bo Cooper. How are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, being on here and uh, talking with you this evening. Oh, yeah. We're- was very much looking forward to having you on. The thing I like to start off with is what got you started as a fan and then what got you started, you know, deciding to make the leap into the business. Uh, growing up as a kid, I always watched, you know, WWF um, at a very young age. You know, I'd have all the uh, action figures. My friends would come over. We'd wrestle in the living room, jump off the couch on our beanbags. And, you know, I was just always intrigued by watching pro wrestling as a young age. Um, I started going to the house shows out here in Los Angeles. Uh, my mom and would take me when they, whenever WWF came to the LA sports arena or the long beach convention mm. center. And I'd show up and, uh, you know, be a fan and a Mark and, and enjoy myself for the evening. And then, uh, one night I showed up to the arena and, uh, a lot of the wrestlers were walking in and I was early, you know, and I was trying to get autographs and stuff. And I told one of the wrestlers that walked by me, Hey, I want to do this for a living, just like you one day. And I was probably about 12 years old at the time. And uh, he actually stopped and said, Hey, if you're serious kid, you know, here's a phone number, you know, to call it's a wrestling school. Um, So he gave me, he gave me the number. Um, I called like the next day or whatever. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm 12. I want to come be a wrestler. You know, and they said, well, you're a little too young kid. Um, Hit us back in a couple, you know, years and we'll see what we can do. So fast forward to 94. Um, I was listening to um, a local radio podcast like back in the days when it was on cable TV uh, mm. or non cable TV. It was like a Shadows Wrestling show and he was talking about a wrestling school. So I wrote that number down and I called it and uh, I brought the piece of paper that the wrestler gave to me to this new school and I actually showed it to the trainers who were Bill Anderson and Jesse Hernandez and they recognized the handwriting and they said that's their student, Louis McCauley. Mm. Um, Funny enough, Luis McCauley actually came down the same day that I started training at the school. And, I, you know, I gave the $500 deposit, I think it was. Um, and I was 14 and Louis was in the ring with me and off we went. You know, we started training and uh, it took me two years to gain my first professional wrestling match because I was baby faced, blonde haired kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to learn the ropes with all the tough guys in there kicking my ass every week. But I, I never stopped. And um, I had my first match in 1996 and never stopped after that. So that, that's awesome. You know, that's. You bring up a good point when it comes to getting started training that I notice some guys getting kind of lack of a better way to put it frustrated because, you know, they think, oh, I'll get in training and I'll just get my first match on a show right away. And yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of guys are, you know 
being fed, you know, spotlight too quickly, in my opinion. Um, and I know it sounds like a broken record, but, you know, I'm old school, man, when it comes to like paying your dues, training hard, showing up every week, you know, keeping your mouth shut, ears open, um, learn as much as you can while you can. Um, you never stop learning in this business, but, you know, I've seen way too many young kids nowadays just, you know, show up whenever they want, show up late to training and, you know, fuck around in the ring. And, mm. and, you know, it just, it disrespects the business in my opinion, but, you know, things have changed, man. It's not like it used to be, you know, you had to earn your spot um, tenfold back then. Now, pretty much if you have the money and you want to be a wrestler, anyone can probably get in the ring nowadays and start being a wrestler, you know, or a promoter for that matter. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, that, that, that is a good point. You see a lot of guys out there and you kind of wonder what are they doing? And, Sometimes even promoters, same way. It's like, okay, it brings me back to a line from Jurassic Park. It's like, just because we know we could, didn't think about if we should. Right. But uh, you've been, you know, Southern California at, you know, the time I was stationed down there, it, even still now, considered a, hotbed of a lot of independent promotions and you've been you know ewf um there's uh aws that i'm actually familiar with the alternative wrestling show because when i started going to uh some of the indie promotions down by san diego i would always hear about aws and like i remember in particular like a world record like battle royal that they put on yeah i didn't yeah, get to go to the show but i heard about yeah, it i was actually i was involved in that I, I don't remember the specifics but i remember that it was i think like a hundred guys or something and then it was two rings um i remember it being really cloudy that day and it was an outside show um but it was fun man yeah i think it was you remember that it was like a two rings i was talking to my wife because she always go to the shows mm -hmm. with me but um, yeah, that was fun. AWS was great, man. Uh, Bart Kapowski, we're still friends. Um, he used to run out of the city of industry at the uh, Frankenstein's collectible show. And mm -hmm. that was a real special time uh, for me and wrestling because, you know, we'd go down there every Saturday morning or well, anytime you had a show, I'd be booked on the card, uh, wrestle at like one o'clock in the afternoon, be done by like two or three, sh shoot over to his booth because he had a wrestling store, alternative wrestling store, you know, that's mm -hmm. what his promotion was called at the time. And uh, instead of getting paid in cash, you know, we would just go through the videotapes or the figures or whatever we wanted. And he would say, yeah, that's your pay for the day, man. Grab a tape. So um, it, we, 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 we would do good in the ring and then go home and do our homework, you know, watching the, the tapes that we would take from his shop. You know? Oh, yeah. No, I've heard lots of great things. And that sounds pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I'm a former I'm a former AWS tag team champion uh, with a guy named Sexy Chino. Uh, he did like, I, a little funny dance gimmick and. I was like his bodyguard for a while. So we got the straps, which was nice. And then uh, um, Scrap Daddy Iron Pierce was the, um, you know, Bart's right-hand man at the time. And he took really good care of me um, while I was there. So, you know, it was a fun time being a part of AWS for sure. Oh, I can imagine, you know, Adam Pierce being the right-hand man at the time. You know, he's on to pretty big things right now in the role he's playing there with WWE. Long, long, long overdue, man. Oh, totally agree. And I particularly loved when, oh, I forget how long ago it was, maybe a couple months ago, Ronda Rousey was still the SmackDown Women's Champ and got in his face. And like you, for a minute there, 
you could hear him cut like very old school scrap daddy iron adam pierce promo that right just oh man i remember Got fired up. oh man it's so dead i remember just being <laughs> cool, like man. holy yeah, he's a good, shit he's, yeah he's a good guy good worker good good person so and you know some of the people that have gone through you know going back to aws i have had a handful on and i've heard I heard a while back about them possibly coming back and doing shows because they haven't really done much with the AWS as of late. I don't know if anything is really uh, set in stone yet. I haven't heard much. Um, I did see Bart uh, a while back uh, at, a, at the Frankenstein's. They switched venues, so it's now it's like a big warehouse Costco type rather than like a smaller swapping style. But I went down there to to go to a friend's signing, and he was there. Bart's the, the head security there, so we talked and caught up, and it was great to see him. And I didn't really ask him if he was you know planning on returning the Federation, but you know how this business is, man. If it's you know in your blood and you get the itch, I'm sure you'll re refine a way to do your promotion or get in the ring somehow or whatever you got to do to be back in the business you know oh totally bring up a thing that i've actually had the the thought come up with uh some of the friends that i've had up here have uh they've had me along in little bit roles here and there walking somebody in the ring a special guest ring announcer for a match and I'll I'll give that to you. There is something about when you get in front of one of those crowds, even if just for that short little bit, you know, you get that little taste of it. And it's like, mm, I want more. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if it wasn't for the fans, you know, we wouldn't be where we were or being a part of the business. You know, fans are what makes the shows, man. So it's it's definitely an adrenaline rush when you go out there and do your thing. That is true. And one other promotion that I wanted to go over is XPW. They starting their rebirth. They getting back rolling in there. What is it like being a part of that rebirth? Because I know I was a fan of the original product. I haven't got to see too much of this uh rebirth of theirs but i'm hearing plenty of good yeah man um when xpw was in its glory days uh back in los angeles and you know when they were touring to philadelphia and all that um i was pretty hot at the time on the scene and i was trying to make myself known and, and work different promotions but i know when i did try to go work for xpw in like nine i think it was like 2000 maybe 2001 i'm terrible with dates but around that era um I talked to Rob for like a quick minute at the office and I said, I'd love to be a part of your company. And he said, well, you know, we have an exclusive, um, you know, situation where if you are a part of the company, you can only work for the, you know, for us. And I said, "Ah, I don't know if I want to do that, you know, because I was trying to make a name and go everywhere, even though XPW probably would have given me a bigger name at the time because they were so hot on TV and, and everything. I, I turned it down and then, um, I did get a chance and an opportunity to work um, a show for XPW's Cold Day in Hell. Um, mm. I was a manager for my good friend, Smiley Ryan Katz, GQ Money. He has so many different names. Yeah. Um, Mr. Black was not a part of that at the time. 
but I got a little taste of it and I always wanted more. Um, and then when they finally announced they were going to be coming back to LA uh, full time, I said to Rob, I said, Hey, you know, I, I'd love to be a part of your company. And he said, well, you know, if you, if you show up kid, we'll, we'll do something with you. So uh, ever since, you know, the, the rebirth, I've been a part of every show so, uh, so far and it's been great, man. It's like a family, um, all the guys and girls in the back, you know, we bleed for the business. We love the business. It's, it, you know, we kick ass, you know, for each other and each other. So Ooh. um rob's been nothing but great uh to me and 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 you know it's a great promotion to be a part of man especially uh you know i'm going obviously at a slower time now in my career and slowing down uh, my body's pretty fucked up from all the bumps and bruises and broken bones but uh what a better way to you know go out if i do end my career than to be a part of xcw because you know number one the nationality uh exposure they have is great um number two mm. like i said all the guys are all the guys and girls are great people to work with, man. They're, they're just good people and friendly and cool. And it's always a good time. <clears throat> oh yeah. No, that is a great way to wind things up. I know when I heard about them coming back that I was, you know, like I've heard some people talking about, Oh boy. Remembering like the, the controversy from like the, uh, you know the story that was told all over the dark side of the ring and i'm like seeing it coming coming back and it's like that's like completely in the past for them right now and i'm i'm happy to see that because you know i mentioned big fan of their original products so getting to see that minus the the chaos that happened with all that definitely a good thing yeah, well, you know, you just got to remember there's always two sides to every story. And that, that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, shit that went down and a lot of political things. You know, I wasn't there for the the time. So, like, I don't really have the, you know, audacity to speak on it. But it's one of those things yeah. where so far with my uh, adventure with XPW, it's been nothing but, you know, the best. So, no, that that is awesome. And that, you know, can't speak for stuff in the past, but the the fact that they, seem to like i mentioned be putting all that behind them and moving on to good things they got you know the stuff they're other stuff they were known for the king of the death match being back and having that title schlacks doing amazing things there and schlacks schlacks one crazy motherfucker man he's a good dude and (laughs) he'll tear your head off if you cross him but i mean that guy definitely uh puts in work man for for the death match scene you know he's, he's he's a great worker oh yeah and you know i you bring up you know him tearing your head off if you cross him i know just looking at him i'm like yep nope i'm definitely not even going to test that right right (laughs) but um you know i remember i've talked with a few people i you brought up uh gq money i actually had him on one of my earlier episodes and another guy that was on believe he actually started going on there a little more full-time uh terex that uh you know he from what i remember him telling me he got started there going and it was just kind of a spur of the moment thing he showed up for the king of the deathmatch tournament wasn't even on the card and then think so somebody couldn't show up and then yeah you know somebody pointed at him and then boom there he is yeah i think he wrestled big fucking joe and he killed it you know i mean they went out there and 
just absolutely, you know, bled all over the place. And, and, and Rob saw that, you know, for him being such a big guy, Tarek's, you know, is, you know, he could handle, you know, the XPW style and, and, you know, he can move, which is great. And yeah. my last match was with Tarek's at XPW. It was me, Tarek's and uh, Judge Joe. It was a hardcore three-way, you know, and we, we, we mm-hmm. tore it up, man. We, we had some uh, good spots in there and people loved it, man. And, you know, I came out victorious because I'm brawling about Cooper, of course, but, <laughs> but uh, no, Tarek, Tarek's is another guy, man, that, uh, you know, nothing but respect for. And I'm glad that uh, Rob's using some local talent too, you know, rather than just finding mm-hmm. a bunch of, you know, workers from all over the States. Cause you know, the Terex can move, you know, he's a big boy. He's bigger than me actually, but he can actually uh, do a standing moonsault, which is pretty impressive. Oh man. You bring that up. He was actually involved in the promotion that ran my first ever independent wrestling shows that I went to down in San Diego. And I remember the first time I saw him pull off one of those, mm-hmm. my jaw was literally on the floor. I literally yeah. thought to one of my, friends that I'm like dude you, you got to come watch this and we came out and <laughs> Terex was in the match I'm like dude watch this and he was just about to hit one of those my friend just looked at me like holy shit yeah no it's it's definitely a, a big man's move that is you know very rarely seen and he can do it so you know oh yeah no he's definitely one of those that uh for his size, you wouldn't think he'd be able to move around the way he does, but he sure yeah. as hell can do it. But uh, I got two categories that I kind of like to round things off with. One's a bit of a name game. I name off some people, like to tailor it to the guests where I'll go do my homework, go look through matches, name off some people from those. And you give me your thought. Is it just one word, or do I, can I speak on it more than just you know? Oh, uh, you can speak on it for a little bit. That's fine. Okay, sure. First one guy doing big things with New Japan, Rocky Romero. Old friend. Uh, I used to train with Rocky back in the old San Bernardino East Street days. Uh, me and Rocky have wrestled not a lot, but we've had two, from what I can remember, outstanding matches one on one. Uh, one of them was in New Hall, and uh, it was a funny story because he showed up super, super late right before the main event, man. We were scheduled to be the main, and I was, he was like in his prime in Japan at that time. And I was, you know, so blessed to see him and happy that I was going to get to work him because he's just an outstanding talent, so smooth in the ring. You know, I mean, we barely talked about anything. We went out there and just our similar styles from, you know, being trained by the same, you know, trainer definitely um, helped. But he said, hey, just, you know, put heat on me and I'll come back. and or I'll put it on you. You come back with a big finish, you know, and we called it in the ring, man. We had a great match and uh, I'm glad he's still doing this thing, man. Cause I mean, that guy is just pure talent. Well, definitely. So shout, out, shout out to Rocky Romero, old friend. That's, you know, I miss you, buddy. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited. Everything he's doing and definitely got a great mind for everything. You can go on YouTube and check out our match. If you haven't seen it, me and him. Oh, I'll definitely be checking that out. Next up. Make made her return not all that long ago to WWE. Candice LeRae. Uh, once again, um, an old friend. You know, Candice was trained by Jesse Hernandez and and out of the School of Hard Knocks and Bill Anderson. So, I mean, I 
I watched her grow up basically from a young teenage chick to, you know, now making it as a woman in the WWF, which is cool, man. Anytime, anytime I see people that, you know, I've, I've grew up in the wrestling business, be successful, you know, I, I applaud that, you know, it's, it's tough getting signed and she stuck with it, man. She, she's been on a long journey. I think it was same, probably like 22 years or something. I mean, she's been doing the wrestling scene and I'm glad she's, uh, you know, in there and kicking ass, you know, definitely. And, Definitely enjoyed that first match back when she finally came back. And, you know, I'm excited for everybody that's been coming back there recently because all the stuff with all the releases that happened and seeing people getting to uh, come back to what they love doing. Correct. Awesome. Yeah. Next up, another guy that, Came back to WWE recently. Also did his thing in New Japan and Impact. Carl Anderson. Are you going down the list, man, of guys that uh, you know I've worked with in the past, or is this just random? Kind of randomly selecting people that you worked with in the past. I was, uh, I, I want to say I was Carl Anderson's first opponent. I could be wrong, but I think I was his first opponent uh, defending the Commonwealth British British Commonwealth title uh, in AWS, and um, you know I didn't really know who he was. I've I heard the name, but I never met him um, prior before our match. And we went out there, and ever since then, man, we've become good friends. And he's a hell of a talent, man, and he definitely gets heat from the crowd like no other. Carl <laughs> um, Anderson is is one of the boys for sure, man. He's a character, but he's he's definitely a, you know another guy that I'm very happy to see, you know, be successful because he earns it for sure. Oh, definitely. And I've, I've always gotten a kick out of him. Yeah. Next one, last but not least, Lil Cholo. Lil Cholo is a legend in the Southern California wrestling scene. Um, hell of a worker. You know, he, he's been around just as long as I have, or maybe even longer. Cause I know he was doing some stuff, you know, Lucha style at the, Anaheim Marketplace with Martin Marin, probably like a 95, 96, man. So, yeah, little Cholo's great, man. I mean, I, 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 every time me and him are in the same locker room, we always get along. We joke and laugh. And, um, yeah, he's a good guy, man. I haven't seen him in a long time, but, uh, you know, I know he's still out there doing some shows and shit, and hopefully everything's well with him. Yeah, no, he's definitely somebody that I grew to admire when I got to watch him the handful of times I did when I was – stationed down there and you know i still got some pretty good friends down there that you know keep in contact with him uh, socal crazy rick ellis that i both had on the show and excited yeah. for uh socal crazy in particular because i know after he battled the uh, cancer and won yeah and planning on getting back there in the ring and is slowly getting back there. I imagine it won't be too much longer. Yeah. So-called crazy is a good dude, man. I've wrestled him a couple of times and we tore it up, you know, and he, he was always telling me compliments afterwards. Cause I could, you know, as a big guy, six foot two, you know, three eighty, I can move like a luchador if I need to, which was kind of my downfall in a weird way, you know, sometimes, cause I always got told by promoter, well, some promoters say like, Hey, you know, you should work more big man style rather than fast pace. But um, you know, I, I, I can go when I need to go and me and him definitely, uh, at the EWF show we went and it was a good, it was a good match. I'm glad he's doing well, well, better, you know, God, thankfully from, you know, what he went through with the cancer. So, yeah. 
And, you know, I remember shortly, I believe it was right around the time that uh, he announced that he got deemed cancer free, that I was seeing a bunch of people with the shirts of his. Um, I remember talking to him, I'm like, what, what do I, how, how much for one, one of them shirts? I want to get my hands on one of them. And he's like, what's your size? I told him and he's like, what's your address? I'm like, how much do I owe you? Like, your family, don't even worry about it. I'm like, that's cool. Thank yeah. you. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I like, I made sure. I'm like, you sure? Like, I can pay you for this. And he's like, that. Nah, he's oh. one of the good guys, man. He's definitely a, a good dude. So, oh, <clears throat> totally. Next, one, next uh, category, I have a bit of a random question round. Some might be wrestling related. Some might not be. I never really know until I put together the notes. Okay. First question, craziest in-match moment? Mm. Uh, two come to mind. Um, I would say, like, crazy as in, like, scary crazy or, like, something dangerous or, like, anything can be crazy? Whatever comes to mind. Uh, I remember... It was probably like my fifth or sixth match. Um, I was in a, a, in a college in Victorville, California, and it was packed. And uh, I was wrestling a guy named Damian Dollars. And I would always dress um, – well, my first gimmick was the hangman, which I was under a hood for about a year. Or, uh, probably about six months I was under a hood. Um, and then, you know, I started dressing kind of like a Hesher, you know, like Raven style. You know, ECW, yeah. I would wear the shorts and long hair. At the time, I had blonde, long hair. Um, and my trainer – out of nowhere came up to me right before I was supposed to go out and wrestle. He goes, man, you know, we got to change your look. Well, I want you to look more like a wrestler, man. Cause you're just wearing fucking jeans and cut up, you know, shirt, anarchy shirt. I said, what do you want me to do? He goes, here, try this singlet on. So I put a singlet on that he gave me. I said, okay, I'm just gonna go out there as a wrestler, you know, quote forbid. And uh, like three minutes into the match, I just heard the crowd start laughing and chanting like ball and bow. And I was like, what? And my fucking tights split all the way up from my ass to my balls and the whole crowd <laughs> saw my shit. So I uh, know. Oh, had to end the match quickly and uh, get out of there before, you know, someone saw something too much that they couldn't handle, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. I, That's I definitely one me. that comes to mind. Um, I'll, I'll tell you another crazy incident. We were at a, a venue, and it was an outside campground um, out in uh, San Bernardino area. And uh, I was a heel at the time, and I was getting some pretty good heat, you know, right before the match. And the lights went out uh, on accident. The power went out. So it was completely dark. And all these fans that I just got them talking shit to started throwing rocks in the ring. Oh, so we were getting, we were getting, yeah, we were getting pelted by rocks. So that was pretty scary because you had to basically cover your head and get the fuck out of there. Cause you know, obviously you get hit in the head with a rock. It's no fun, but um, I guess I did my job because they were so pissed off. They were throwing rocks at me, but yeah, it was, that was yeah. pretty crazy. You know, having to, you know, duck for cover with the big <laughs> chunky rocks coming at your head. Oh yeah. No, if I can, I can imagine that was a, pretty scary situation i always like asking that question because i love hearing the stories i remember talking with jd griffey who with uh shane taylor with shane taylor promotions and he was telling me about a match that he had with keith lee and they clued his keith lee's mom into this story and that's the apparently the mom was all in on it at one point, he it was uh, 
diamond cutter or a stunner. I'm spacing off on which one right now, but he gives that to her. And then all of a sudden, you crowd was hot and they run out, Keith Lee running after him and they get around the corner and all of a sudden you see Keith Lee running, but then you see the crowd running behind Keith Lee and it's just like, oh yeah. damn, that's nuts. It's pretty crazy. Oh yeah. Next one. What is a weapon you would like to avoid getting hit with if you had the choice? Gusset plates. That that's one that I would imagine would be on a few lists. I, I mean, I don't know how some of these workers take it, man, because that shit's not fun. I mean, I didn't I've never taken one, but I've definitely felt them and I've been around them and I've seen the damage they can do in person to some of the workers I've you know been on the shows with. And there's no pulling back with those things. I mean, you're definitely getting stabbed, cut, you know, deep. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, one comes to mind, my friend Lindsay Snow, she's a hell of a worker. She took one straight to the temple and then literally pulled it out. You could just see the blood flowing and the holes in her head. I'm just like, man, I don't know how anybody can do that. I mean, I'm a crazy motherfucker, trust me. But when it comes to like literally ripping your whole skin open and, and to the point where you could, you know, bleed out with those types of things, because those are sharp as hell, man. I mean, those things are not, they're not no joke, bro. So, I mean, oh. yeah, gusset, gusset plates is something I definitely will avoid. I, I can but understand that. Everyone, you know, that. props to all the crazy people that do them. I mean, listen, that's just you do you guys because that shit's <laughs> not for me. You know. Oh yeah, nope. I can imagine. I know. I've asked that people that to a lot of people on the, you know, death match scene, and you know that one has come up. I know uh, Alex Cologne, another great episode that I had. He mentioned toothpicks. He's like, I'm, I'm not doing toothpaste because he's, and I, I could see it because he was talking about you get hit with one of those and like, you might pull it out and it'd be fine, but then you might break off the wrong piece. And then you got a piece of toothpick in there getting yeah. embedded in your hand and getting infected and shit. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, my friend Sage Sin Supreme, you know, she's a, hell of a worker and she's you know doing the deathmatch scene for a long time now out here in california and all over uh she recently had a match and one of the skewers got she got she got hit stabbed with one of the skewers in her arm and it literally went all the way in so then referee patrick hernandez had to literally grab it with his teeth and pull it out because he couldn't get it with his finger how mm -hmm. my arm hurts just hearing that one <laughs> next one non-wrestling related Favorite drink, alcoholic or non, or one of both? Bullet whiskey and a cold IPA. Nah, that's a very good choice. I know, know of a few IPAs I like. I am a big fan of Stone Cold's one. That is for sure. Yeah, that is no, that's definitely that's a good one for sure. I know. Plugging uh, in real quick because my laptop's going dead real quick. Ah, uh, no, no worries. I know the. I've actually, I actually have some of the American lager in my fridge. Stone Cold yeah. knows how to make a damn beer. That is for yeah. sure. No, he's, I, he definitely knows how to make a beer, like you said. And uh, I enjoy his uh, El Segundo, you know, his brew. So it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I, I only wish that it was actually sold somewhere closer to where I live right now, Omaha, Nebraska. Because the closest 
I can ever find that it's at is two, three hours away. Wow. Only places I've physically seen it are on a trip for warrior wrestling in St. Louis. And I recently was at the Packers Lions game and found the American lager at a grocery store in Green Bay. Only cool. place that I've been able to find it. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Last but not least for the random questions, best advice for anybody wanting to get into wrestling? <clears throat> Make sure you uh, can handle, you know, the, the fact that it's not just fun and games. You know, you need to realize that this is a business um, and it's something that, is going to take a toll on your body, but, you know, just like any other sport, you get used to it, you know, getting hit with a baseball, getting tackled, um, you know, the bumps are never fun, but if it's something that you really want to do, put your heart into it and train and, and, you know, go full force, never half-ass it, you know, because if you're half-assing it, you're wasting everyone's time. You're wasting the trainer's time, even though I'm sure he's going to be happy. He's getting your money, but it's one of those things where at least for my students, because I train guys, you know, I, I want them to just, either tell me that this is something they're going to do and they want to do, and they're going to give it their all because I want to help them and make them, you know, reach that goal of whatever it may be. Um, you know, I can only lead a horse to water, you know, so much, but in order for the horse to drink, you know, the horse needs to really, you know, show up and, and lick that water. Basically <laughs> that's a terrible <laughs> analogy, but. Uh. No, but you bring up a good point, you know, not one to half ass it because while you might have whatever the trainer you know being happy to have your money but if you're wanting to actually make it worth it and get on shows and you know have fans actually enjoy what you're doing if you're gonna just half-ass it you're not gonna get that right yep so show up work hard train hard and, uh, you know, take it, take it, take it as far as you can in this business, you know, because you're, you don't waste people's time and don't waste yourself, you know, don't waste your, I mean, I get it. People are going to do it just for fun, which is cool. I mean, it should be fun, but yeah. you know, also, also try to realize that there's guys out there that are sacrificing their families, their, you know, their actual careers to try to be a, a pro wrestler on the road and they're, you know, traveling and paying dues and, you know, you gotta, you gotta show up and work hard to make that happen, man. So you know, then anything worth doing is worth, you know, putting in the hard work for. So definitely something to very good advice. That is about all I have. I want to first, where can people find you social media wise? So if they don't already have their eyes on you, they can go ahead and get them there. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at Brawlin, B-R-A-W-L-I-N, Bo, B-O, 13. Brawlin' Bo 13, or you can follow me on Twitter, just Brawlin' Bo, B-R-A-W-L-I-N-B-O. Um, I'm on Facebook for sure. I just don't know like how to, I mean, you just type in, I guess, Brawlin' Bo Cooper, it'll pop up on Facebook somehow. Definitely. I'll definitely be putting information for that in the descriptions of both, you know, YouTube and podcast versions of this episode. Appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me tonight. Glad we were able to get finally it, make it get happen it, able to finally make it happen definitely but uh like i said that is, good, about, that is about all i have thank cool. you and 
best of luck down there in SoCal. Thanks, my man. I appreciate you having me, Big Mo. And uh, if you come out here, we'll have to have a, a beer soon. Oh, definitely. I'm definitely having some of my friends down there in the wrestling scene constantly telling me I need to get down there. So I imagine we'll make it happen. Awesome, my dude. Hit me up if you do. Definitely. All right, brother. Have a good night, man. Thank you. You too. Take care.